Listen, fool. Oh my god. <laughs> He's into it. I'm dying. <clears throat> Hi, this is uh, Ben Rod's Always in Pursuit, number 25 podcast. Um, we're going to call this one Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Why do I feel like we've done that before? Maybe no, we have. We better not have. We've never had an ice age like we've had this year. No, that's for sure. So and yeah. it's, hey, it's podcast number 25, and we just had a 25% off sale. Like, first real sale that we've ever done like that. Huge. It was huge. Yeah. yeah. It's that over. Won't be, that won't be happening again yeah. soon. If you missed it. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Wait another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, what's happening? Ice. The ice is finally broken. Even the Fraser was, like, iced right over. Yeah. There's guys putting videos online at the boat launch there. Ice was like spiraling back up Minto Channel and crushing and it was crazy. Uh, they, I know that people were trying to go out sturgeon fishing and they couldn't launch their boats, which is good for the sturgeon. Yeah, give them a break. <laughs> yeah, lay off them in the minus, man. They, those things are hiding under ice there, but man, they're probably not wanting to be pulled on with a rod and reel. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's about it for uh, the ice. It's been the year of ice. We've had just a crazy cold snap. How long has it been? Three weeks to a month? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not counting how long it's been cold. I'm counting how long I haven't had a voice. How long is that now? Oh, I'm over it. It's so, like... in case you didn't know, this is Danina talking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, well, I haven't had a voice since not last Friday, but the Friday before that. So, how many days is that? And we're on Wednesday. Well, we're gonna we're gonna say thirteen days. Uh, oh. It's too long. Like, and this is good. This is like a lot of sound coming out of my face right now. Um, I had like actual, so I was having to whisper, and I found my kids actually listen better when I'm whispering. <laughs> They don't holler at me. They're from not a, used to it. Well, they don't yell at me from across the house because I can't yell back. Yeah. So they have to actually come find me yeah. and talk to me. And it, it's like I find um, people talk quieter too, right? It's just a natural kind of, you know, you match the volume of the person you're talking to, I guess. Even yeah. me with my loud voice? Yeah, you've been quieter too. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Probably because I couldn't hear a word <laughs> you were saying with my awesome hearing. <laughs> yeah. yeah doesn't help uh so you've been out fishing yeah i just been out a couple times only i was not into braving that cold weather i went so i've done pretty good actually i've hooked four now and uh yeah i've done pretty good i've been probably been out five times all year um really not digging the cold at all come on i i'm i'm fishing for uh boxing day oh boxing day yeah i won the boxing day derby the trophy oh. there first place 14 pound doe there was 15 fish weighed in, so I was pretty lucky to get that one. It was, so it, I brought my fish in around, uh, they shut the derby off at two. I brought my fish around 1.15, I came in with it. There was, when I got there, there was seven fish. Mine was the seventh fish weighed in. And within the next 45 minutes, uh, eight more fish came in. And didn't Chris help you run your ass over there to get it there in time? Oh yeah, so yeah, we, we hooked the fish, so we hooked the fish, killed it, and then we were like a long ways from the truck, like really long ways. And we had, so we knew we had to be at the derby by two, so we were like, oh no, are we gonna make it? Because the truck was way down river, so Chris said, well, let's go, let's go. So we started going and we were like, like jogging basically. And then I was, I was getting like right out of breath. And, uh, Chris is younger and in better shape than me, so I was like, "Hey, Chris, why don't you? Uh, why don't when we? So we we were upriver from the crossing. I said, when we get to the crossing bridge, just drop the fish and all your tackle and just run to the, my truck and grab it, and I'll wait." So he did, and he actually ran with yeah. my. So he, luckily, he didn't. He wasn't running down the road with my fish swinging in his arms, but so he ran, got the truck, came back, picked me up, and we shot back up. And we were, we ended up being there at one fifteen, so we had lots of time, but 
the panic we were a bit panicked for sure yeah. oh yeah especially when you get a fish that size you... yeah well, we kind of knew we were like that's ah, derby winner derby winner as soon as we got it we we're like we thought it was even maybe 15 pounds we we're like that's derby winner is it is the big big does like that look pretty big so yeah so we got up there and then we're like i said we were waiting and they're like 115 i weigh in the seventh fish and then fish just start so there's a the people always bring them in the back there's like a back door and then there's a board they hang the fish on and so I'm standing out there and I'm just watching fish after fish come around that corner. <laughs> then all of a sudden I see two guys I know, Dan and, uh, who was it? Dan, I think it was Dan and Trevor. They come around the corner both with big fish and one, Dan's is a big buck. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. So they come in and Dan's like, oh, I don't think I got it. He saw mine was 14. He goes, oh, I don't think I got it. It's going to be close. And his was like 13.7. Holy wow. doodle, that's or, close. Or 13.4. So yeah, so luckily it was a buck because if it, his fish was a doe, it would have beat mine for for length and stuff. But yeah, yeah, bucks are definitely way less. They're thinner fish. And so yeah, so I won the derby, got a nice gold watch, fancy watch that I may wear one day. Yeah. <laughs> or not. You seem like a, the fancy gold watch wearing kind of guy. I know. I was kind of surprised when he came home. Like he, t he told me he could got to choose a prize and I thought like seriously well, that's they, what you chose yeah well they didn't have like Milner center pins or you know anything real fancy they had like an Akuma center pin and a llama glass rod which I mean I designed the rod I'm not there's no way I'm taking that for the derby winner I probably get do you know from. how giant your head sounds when you say that well I helped <laughs> well they when llama glass like, was de I designed the rod. well no but like when llama glass was designing that rod they phoned me up and did a conference call about what how to build these rods yeah and I gave them all the suggestions on butt length and guide strength and weight power of raw everything about it right I mean I didn't tell them what color to make it but um yeah, so I mean, and plus, so I get a discount on those, so I wasn't really going to take one in a derby. No, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and plus, I got my own center pin rods coming out here this season, so it was kind of, I won't, I'll be fishing that. Yeah. We're actually in the design stage right now of that center pin, so it's going to be 11 foot 3, medium action, sort of a little on the, it won't be a light, I know a lot of guys like a little bit lighter rods, but I don't. I like a little bit stronger rod. I want to be able to land the biggest steelhead in the river. I want to be able to fish fish chum. I want to be able to fish chinook with it. I want an all-purpose rod. So yeah, that's how we're going to design this rod. It's going to be all beefy, extra beefy, everything. Ex double wrap guide, so it's going to be extra strong. So you don't you can crash through the bush and stuff with it. And it's going to have You're a nice not break the tip off. On no, we're going to have fancy cork handles on this it. This is going to be bent rod style. Metal <laughs> metal reel seats. Uh, we've gone with uh, so the, the blank is called satin black which is sort of more it's more it's it's not even i think it's not even satin black it's it's almost like a grayish black gunmetal almost looking yeah and then we're going to do black wraps and we're going to do different colors so they're going to be most of your your wraps on your guides will be black but then they'll be able to add in color so we'll be able, we're going to mix around with some different colors so different guys like a little bit of purple in there a little bit of green a little bit of whatever it is right a little bit of gun metal whatever it is so we're gonna have a few different colors for guys with different colored reels that want to match it up nice and the reel seat and the butt cap are going to be gun metal and uh yeah it's going to be a nice rod it's going to be priced much lower than your high-end custom rods and you're you know way way cheaper than a sage or a loomis be more in the llama glass type price range yeah but with far like we're putting we're going to be putting far better components than the mid-range rod companies to use yeah and it's be made here in, in Chilliwack. Which is awesome. Yep. Same as the fish pimp, right? Yep. So, uh, same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Same guy's making it. So we're working on those right now. I actually got a call. He was down at the bat Batson uh, factory the other day. Went down for Carrie's dad's uh, funeral. His dad passed away. Aww. And so he went down for the funeral and he called me from the factory. He's like, ah, I'm getting all the stuff for your rod build. I'll be building it as oh. soon as I get home. So I was all excited. So. You know, it's really nice to work with somebody who's equally excited as us about doing a project, right? Yeah. So not just a project, like he's a local guy, has the same passion. Yeah. Right. Like totally. It's not just some guy that's just trying to make a buck. Like, no, not at he's all. He's behind it. Not and, at all. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and his his wife works with him too so that's another yeah, we're, another we're, family company yeah yeah we're family companies so you know if if that's what you're interested in supporting small family companies and yeah buy one of our rods and, and they have the, the cutest little baby that huh. for some reason is absolutely captivated by rod yeah <laughs> like as soon as rod <laughs> walks in um gosh darn it what is it chad's wife's name is it sheena 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> Sheena has commented um, a couple times. She's like, God, like it's not just us noticing it. She noticed that her baby. I think like Rod has maybe a juvenile thing going on that that baby is relating to. We speak similar talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the same level. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> and her beams at me. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Wants to go fishing. Yeah, so the Boxing Day Derby, so that was a lot of fish weighed in, so that's a good sign for the year. It's been pretty decent fishing. Uh, I know there's been a, it's, I've been following on, you know, social media now who's been out fishing, and I know there's uh, some local guys here that have been out fishing a lot, and they were, uh, you know, they finally figured out where the fish, because the fish were all stacking in just a couple spots, and they kind of had them figured out, but so now this rain's going to actually put an end to their game. Yeah, some guys are guessing up to maybe three meters today is where the river might go. Yeah, she's probably going to crest out tonight. And uh, yeah, she'll probably be around three. She'll drop fast though. It's yeah. And the forecast looks really good. So it's supposed to get really light rain from here on in. And then into next week and then boom, the, the sun's supposed to be out for like two weeks it looks like if the forecast is wow. right. So it's going to be good fishing. Yeah, so the river will be on the continuous drop, and uh, eventually, if the forecast is right, we're going to go back down to some lower levels again, which I like low water. I'm not low water, but I like lower water. Yeah. Uh, I Just over the years, I've kind of gotten off of wanting to fish that high water. I don't know. You're just... The river just doesn't have that beautiful look to it when it's muddy and high, and yeah. you're fishing the tiniest little soft pockets along the edge of the shore. I kind of like to, I, I like it when the river's up, you know, I like between 1.7 and 2 on the graph. So the fish are spread out and uh, there's lots of watered fish. Yeah. And so I got my first uh, trip on Monday and uh, I got, I'm got i getting quite a bit of interest in trips. So yeah, book your walk and wade. Yeah, you want to book that walk and wade now because it looks like it's going to be busy out there. It's going to be like a lot, like busy, I don't know about busy out there, but it's going to be busy for me. So, and um on February 3rd and 4th, I got uh, David from Catch a Craft Boats is coming up. We're going to be floating the, the uh, Vetter in my uh, my new three-man pontoon. What yeah. day? February 3rd and 4th. Can you tell me that when we get yeah. home so I can put it on the calendar? Yeah, I, I was on my list of things to do. <laughs> oh. He just, I just got his email last night, so. Okay. So we've been waiting for, to get a, we've been kind of waiting for the weather to break and get something predictable. It's been very unpredictable and. You know, you don't want to go out floating when it's minus five with a minus 18 wind chill because <laughs> you like, you oh. hit, you're splashing in the waves and that there's water hitting your reels. You end up with like block frozen reels. You can't even fish. Yeah. So you're better in that kind of cold. You're better just to walk, you know, it's just the way it is. But yeah, so I'm going to head out. I'm going to start floating the water master here in the next week. And then when he comes, we'll be doing the floating in the raft and getting out all the kinks and stuff like that. And then I'll be starting my raft trips. For all of uh, late, for all the later in February and all of March and all of April. Hey, did you go get re-racked with uh, life jackets yet? No, I haven't done that yet. Okay, that's on the to-do list also. Yeah, oh, there's a bunch on to-do list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have some life jackets now, but I want to get the ones that are self-inflating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have pull because if your client falls in the water and doesn't pull, then you got trouble. Yep. So you need the good self-inflating ones and. The pole thing is actually kind of stupid when you think about it. Well, yeah, if you hit your head on the boat when you fall out. Not and... just that. <laughs> Even if you fall out, you're going to be trying to, both your hands are going to be used to try and swim, yeah. not pull your life jacket. Well, the last time I fell in, I didn't pull. I just swam to shore. So I might, not, I might as well not even have had a life jacket. Yeah. Because I didn't use it. I just, so yeah. So definitely the inflate is the way, the self-inflating is the way to go. Those other ones are kind of stupid. Yeah. I don't know where they, they might be good in like a situation like well it's a situation where you have well, to see it coming well no like canoeing in a lake or something mm -hmm. where you got time and you just you can tread water pull your thing but when you're in a river like like you say you're falling you're fighting the current and, and you're stuff. you're already dealing with panic that's the right the last yeah. thing you're gonna think of is like okay pull my thing like that's right no you want to be in the self-inflating ones have the back one they have a piece behind the back of the head that inflates yeah what that's meant to do is if you do get knocked unconscious it actually will roll you i've seen them testing them yeah it'll actually roll you right side up so you yeah because yeah like you fall in the river chance of like hitting a rock or something like it's pretty really good a log <laughs> whatever yep. right yep like rod said like in your lake it's different you got you got time yeah yep. you don't have the current that you're fighting we got a woohoo yeah, you got a woohoo. You're supposed to turn that off. 
Um, and then you got uh, you just released yesterday that uh, you're coming out with micro jigs. What do you got going uh, yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, recently Rod said to me, "Hey, so uh, so how much work is it to to make a new barcode? Because I've <laughs> bitched to him before about how much work <laughs> it is doing the barcodes and updating the catalogs and all that jazz." And I was like, "Well, it's not it's not a, a it's not the the worst, but it's not the best." And he's a yeah. Okay, well. I have a new line of jigs I want to make. <laughs> All right. That's going to be a big so. deal for people, though. Well, yeah, for, for sure. No, there's a definite need for it. I already seen people who were like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rod just caught fish on one the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this, that, you know, what really got me thinking was this low clear water. I was like, I right away, I was like, yeah, micro jigs will be deadly. They look like a fly to me. They are it, much like a fly. Yeah. They're basically a fly. So tell me, how do you fish them? Deb was asking. Is it like, is it a twitching thing or is it a float? No, no, it's float fishing. Okay. You you fish it exactly the same as you would any other jig. It's just a smaller presentation. It's lighter. So with the heavier jigs, like say a quarter ounce lead head jig, if you're floating that, you have to keep that suspended off bottom or else it'll get caught in the rocks. But that one sixteenth is quite light. So you can actually tick it around the bottom a little bit more because it's not going to get caught. Does it still get down? It gets down, but not, it doesn't plummet straight up and down like, okay. like a quarter ounce jig would. So it tends to like kind of more drift up and down in the current. Because I was actually thinking if the current was strong, it would just sort of flail around near the top and not get down to the zone that you need it. No. Mm. Doesn't matter. Like it depends if on it what was, water you're fishing in. Yeah, would that be were, true if it was really strong current? Well, the thing is, if it was really strong current, you would probably be more likely to fish a heavier jig. Yeah. Okay. But these jigs here are really meant for... Look at me. I know my shit. <laughs> These jigs are really... <laughs> As you're packaging jigs right now. <laughs> Just because I play with them and do all this stuff around them doesn't so mean jig, I know what they do. So, jig, so jig, jigs are typically, uh, you know, are known for getting down. These ones won't have that same get down action to them, but actually that might play a part in their success. Yep. And also, like, I've created them for low water, clear water. Like, so when the water's low and clear, fish are kind of spooky. They can see the, the bait, the, your jig really good. So you want you want something that's got a smaller profile. These ones they have quite a small little head on them, and I'm tying them so that they're quite small. They're like a fly, like you say. So describe them. Well, these ones are mar they're they're marabou and uh, polar UV. Yeah, so it's like a it looks like it totally looks like a fly or like it looks like a leech. Yes, it's yeah. very much like yeah. a leech, like a leech fly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically got a, they're a little fuzzy so the, tail. One, one of the hottest things in fly fishing right now in lake fly fishing is what they call the balanced leech, and basically all it is is a small jig. They've come, decided that a small jig works really good. Oh. And so, you know, flies typically, they would have very, 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 if they even had a bead head, it'd be extremely light. So now they've come up with the idea to make the head much heavier. And is it to do with the balance to make well, it, it makes sit it, a certain so way? It sits in the water. Yeah, it sits yeah, horizontal. Okay. It doesn't sense. sit kind of up and down. It sits right. horizontal. Like yep. a bug would be. Like yeah. a jig, like yeah. jigs do. Jigs sit yep. horizontal. So yeah, so basically they're fishing jigs. That's and cool. so, and I know when I was on the, over on the island there doing the coho trip in uh, November with the guys on the island, they were asking me, do you make balanced leech sort of jigs? And I said, well, I'm thinking about it. Mm. So basically that's what I've done. So I'll be sending some to those guys. And we're actually, we're going to go over and fish with them. So I'll bring some. Oh yeah, over. we're doing that pretty soon, aren't we? Well, fishing has fish. been kind of slow so far over there. Okay. So we have now, now it should pick up with the water. I think everywhere will pick up now with the water coming up, get some fish moving. Yeah. Right. I mean, fish. I am sure a bunch of fish were sitting in the Fraser just in a ball, just like, mm, too yeah. low, not moving. Yeah. Just waiting to get in the river. Yeah. So under the ice. <laughs> yeah. I saw a picture under the Mission Bridge and it was like. Solid. Yeah. Well, I was up fishing a spot on the better the other day. It's really slow, deep pool. And uh, it was ice. There was ice five, six feet out from the shore, like a shelf of ice. So I was like, if I, what if I hook one? What am I going to do? It runs under the ice. I'm going to lose it, right? And then I could barely get my, so I'd cast out, do a drift, then go to reel back in. And my jig kept getting caught on the lice, the, the lice on the ice ledge. Yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was that that was the day actually when I was with Chris and them. And it was awful out there, man. Oh my gosh, tell the story about what Chris did. Oh, when he fell in? Holy doodle. I don't know if he wants me to tell that story. He didn't just <laughs> fall in. Like, he took a dive, like, head under and everything. Really? So he did a bit Dude's of a... lucky to be alive. Yeah, he did a plunger face first. Really? Well, <laughs> filled up half his waders, and uh, he was hiked in, so he had to hike out. He said he was freezing his butt off and hiking out. And 
broken rod tip, sore leg. He hurt his knee or something. So, yeah, glad I didn't go that day. <laughs> sounds like it was a bad one out there. You know what I just realized? I have a, a, I'm very skilled at like tuning out immediately as soon as fishing stories start. Seriously. Well, you've probably heard your share of fishing stories. <laughs> no offense, mm, honey. I'm glad to know that. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it, it just happens automatically. I can't help it. <laughs> it's so not should my I just fault. when I tell fishing stories, I should probably just go to the mirror. When you, yeah, when you're telling fishing stories, it's like the Charlie Brown sound to me. Wah, 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 wah. Oh boy, there must be a lot of that in this life, though. <laughs> How was your your last fishing trip? All right, so yeah, so I went out the other day. It was uh, warmer, thank God. It was like actually, I don't know if it was above zero, but it was close. <laughs> and yeah, so I went out in the morning, and, or not in the morning. I went out about noon. Decided I'd finally venture out there, and I went in uh, second cast. I I missed a fish, had it on had it on for just a second, and uh, yeah. So then I uh, I left, went and fished up river for a bit, came back, pounded through, tried to get that fish, couldn't get it. Then I went down river and fished for a bit, and then came back, tried to again for that fish, couldn't get it. So that was the end of that. So I decided I was just gonna hike, keep on hiking down river. So. Uh, throughout the day I was checking on uh, social media seeing if you know anyone else was catching fish and then somebody had caught a wild one in the morning and posted a picture and it showed exactly where it was which wasn't that far from where I was so I was like all right I know where there's fish so sure enough I headed down to that run it was getting a little bit later in the day and I get to the run and I'm fishing away at the top where it's deep thinking okay they're got to be stacked in the deep water so I'm pounding away through there I had a, just a little small six mil bead on pounding pounding nothing nothing and then as I start to work my way down the run, I look and I see a fish roll. And there's a guy down there fishing the tailout and he looks up to see if I saw the fish. And I nodded at him like, oh yeah, I saw. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't think at the time I knew him. I was like, oh, I don't know that guy. And then uh, I started moving down a bit more. I'm still fishing the bead and then another fish rolls. And I'm like, okay, I'm going in, I'm gonna get that fish. So I gave it like 10 more minutes, let that guy fish for that, where that fish rolled. He didn't get it, so, so then I, uh, I'm like, oh, I've got to try a micro jig. I've been making these micro jigs lately. So I look at my bag, no micro jigs, none. I'm like, oh my God, no, no. And I'm like looking through like, oh. And then I look in my pocket, in my jacket, and I'm like, oh, what's that? Or I pull a black, little black pearl or black UV micro jig. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I tie it on, whip it out there, do a drift through, nothing cast out again this time I'm gonna let it drift right down to where I saw that fish roll and first time in there wham fish on got a nice buck and uh, then the guy who was down below me it's like hey you need a hand with that I'm like yeah sure and then he comes up to help me land it it's Nathan from Fred's oh yeah and I'm like hey Nathan sorry man I didn't know that was you he goes oh yeah yeah and he says yeah I got one in here earlier on a pink sparkler I'm like oh cool so he helped me land it and yeah uh, we let it go it was a wild one and uh, i was really hoping to kill that one because it was late in the day and yeah we had cooked a steelhead the other one i got a few days before that we Delicious. cooked and it was super good yeah so good i don't know if that was like a rare thing or whatever that's just cold what do water you mean? steelhead is good every time we eat it yeah but that one was so good really that, that was like one of the best you had ever eaten i think you were just really hungry or something maybe maybe i was just really hungry <laughs> yeah it was so good so i've been kind of amped up to eat some more steelhead I love the hatchery steel. I can't imagine if they took that program away. That'd be awful. Hey, so tell me, okay, the the line of uh, micro jigs you're planning. Yep. Colors. Colors. Okay. So, so you've got black. So I got black. Like all black. Right? All black. Olive. Copper. Mm-hmm. White. Mm-hmm. An orange variation. A pink one. A little chartreuse one. Um, how many is that? Seven. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I tie. I've tied eight so far. Your nightmare one. Right? Nightmare. The nightmare one. So that means now we have three versions of the nightmare. We have the eighth ounce, like original nightmare, and now yep. we have the nightmare worm. Um, worm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna have the nightmare micro. So I'm getting the idea that that's an effective yeah, color combination. Super, super popular jig nightmare jigs. They yep. work really well. For whatever reason, they're weird. Like they're white, black, and red. They don't. It is sort of an, an unusual combination. Yeah, it's been it's a tried and true combination in Washington State for many years. Okay. I did a trip down there. I'll tell the story. I did a trip down to the Kalama River to fish with Brian MacArthur, and uh, 
So I get there and he, he's busy at work that day. He said he was going to meet me the next day. So I had got a hotel room and I was, you know, I asked him, where can I go? And he says, oh, I'll go check out this Kalama River. It's pretty good. It's got some summer runs. So I went and hit the Kalama River and he said, go. And I said, well, where can I buy some jigs and stuff? Because that I don't even know if I had a jig company at that time. I might have. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. So I didn't even have a jig company at the time. So I, so I was like, oh, I need, need a few jigs. So. I went and I go into the store. He told me about the store on the right on the river. That's kind of a tackle store, corner store. So I go in there and I go, "You guys got any jigs?" They go, "Oh yeah, our jigs are right over there." And there's this board, and it's got like a hundred nightmare jigs, nothing else. Oh, wow! <laughs> nothing else. I'm like, uh, "All right then, I guess I'll buy a few of these." And they, oh, the guy, the guy says to me, oh, "That's all you need in this river. That's it. That's all everyone uses." I go, "Really? Just one color?" Yep, that's all you use. Like, wow, okay. So, yeah, so then uh, I didn't get a fish that day. I didn't know anything about the river. It was just basically I spent most of the time driving around. So then the next day I met up with Brian, and he took me to another river that was really hard to find called the Little Green River. And uh, we went there, and, uh, yeah, I got a couple fish out of there. I got like a 14-pound uh, wild summer uh, summer doe. On a nightmare? On a nightmare doe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a nice fish. It was one of these ones they call scamania, <coughs> which are super long and skinny thin. Like they're okay, weird. They're yeah, s- yeah. almost snaky, but they fight really good. Ew, they jump a lot. That sounds gross. They're not. <laughs> well, they're not really gross. They're just long. Like they're just. That's just the base, best way I can describe them. They're a long fish, and uh, it looked bigger than like, I got. I would have thought it was a bigger fish based on its actual length and stuff, but. No, but they fought really good, and they fought sort of snaky, like they jump, and but they when they jump, they kind of go like, like they wiggle, like it's <laughs> like an eel, like an eel, like a big gross. eel steelhead. I'll say it again, gross. <laughs> Ew. And remember, never forget Brian. And he tells me, yeah, in the summer we fish. Uh, so he's fishing a spinning rod, spinning reel, and his bobber. What he calls it a bobber, not a float, because it wasn't a float. It was a bobber. It was a round ball of cork. <laughs> really? Yep. And he'd just have the round ball of cork and just a jig under it. That's it. And he would fish them. He the way he'd fish them is he'd start, <coughs> he'd hike upriver, and as he got to a run, he'd start at the bottom of the run and he'd cast it way upriver, and then just reel as it floated down towards him. And then he, that, that's how he fished it. And I'm like, weird. This is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was really work strange. for him though. Yeah, you got one. I got one out of that river too. That was the South Toodle. That river. South Toodle. South Toodle. And so that river that's was cute. that river was really cool and that. It was the river, if you ever look back to old video of when Mount St. Helens erupted, that was the river that was flowing pure mud and trees. Oh. Like pure mud. Like mud and trees were coming down that river. They thought that that river was destroyed forever. And it, it, the river basically filled in with mud. and was like, it, it, it took years for that river to dig a new channel through all the mud and trees that had fallen in. So now the river kind of runs through a high bank because that's what all the mud was. With the mud had piled up, but the river dug a hole through. So it's basically like mud, and it was really weird. And what happened was the fish from the South Toodle, because they couldn't go back up that river for years, they just ended up going into the the, the tributary. So that South Toodle is a tributary of the Toodle. So they ended up just staying in that other river. And then when the South Toodle became accessible and, and habitable again for them, they restocked themselves in there. Wow. And, they're, and they, they actually tested them. It's the actual same genetics. It's not like... It's not like those fish died off and then these toodle fish re-went. It's like the same ones just kind of went elsewhere until that one became accessible again and then they went back in. I wonder so how many years waiting. that, that the it, whole It took over, that over a decade before they started coming back in. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And there's some pretty cool stories around that area like how the one old guy refused to be evacuated and he was buried under the, under the mud and trees and the avalanches or whatever happened yet. He just said, I'm Stubborn not leaving. old man. Well, he said, I'm not leaving. It's my house. And that's his burial ground. Yeah. There is no house worth well, I ha- dying I over. Ma- I bet you he was very old. He was yeah, probably was like say, an 80-year-old man. He was probably, you know, stubborn and like, no damn way the mother nature's taking me out of here. So. <laughs> yeah. But the area was really weird looking like how, it, that was a, like you realize when you were down there, like, wow, like. You know, living up here, you know, we were at the time we you could see it when it erupted. It was big, but uh, we had ash landing here and stuff. Yeah. But when you got down there, you could really see the devastation that it did. Like all the trees in the forest around there were all like young little smaller trees now because it everything, everything was flattened, up. right? Wow. 
but the fishing is back down there so so yeah so down in the states what they do now a lot of times is they they'll, they'll they tear down dams so they have dams that they decommission they tear these dams down and uh, they got a bunch of these projects going on and they're finding that those that fish are just immediately moved back into that habitat when you open it up and you know like there's one river i get i want to say it's the uh the queets no maybe not the queets it's, i can't i can't remember the name but there's the one river i think it starts with a q and uh it used to have 100 pound chinooks in it and so when they tore this dam down they were like oh wonderful chinooks will come back and i don't think they're finding any they're finding some big chinooks in there but they're not finding these massive ones i just don't think our I think to have those type of fish, you need genetics and you need food in the ocean. You need all these factors, and I don't think the factors are what they were when right. those fish existed. But huh. it's amazing, though, how quickly fish will move back into those habitats. So we have, like, dams here. We have, like, Stave River, Capilino River, Seymour River, Coquitlam River, all these different ones. I'm really curious. Like, I'm, I don't see us for see us getting rid of these dams anytime soon, but... If they were to ever get rid of them, I really wonder. Like Coquitlam River, for instance, it used to be a much bigger river. In fact, the reason you have the Coquitlam River runs in between Coquitlam and Port Coquitlam, and the reason it's called Port Coquitlam is because that river, they used to drive the barges right up from the Fraser up into the Port Coquitlam on the Coquitlam River, and that's where the barges would go, right to the port of Coquitlam. It was considered a port. Wow. So, you know, now it's you, you couldn't drive my water master up there it's a tiny little flow right yeah but uh, i wonder you know like if they were to for one they would never be able to put the flow back in there because they built houses everywhere now so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much a no-go but i mean i just wonder like you know in those situations it would would we see them return to former glory or what yeah that'd be curious but that's one of the things like like locally i know people are like oh you know it sucks yeah everyone's got to go fish the better but some of our greatest rivers that's what happened to them yeah i mean capilino used to go used to run way up there used to be able to now you it's tiny it's a very short fishable section of river there but that river used to go way back up in the mountains and wait isn't capilino river the one with the big uh capilino suspension, suspension bridge, bridge. Yep. yeah so that's just, not a, a small river what are you talking about it is now it is really it's not a small river gorge the, yeah the canyon's not a small canyon but the actual flow in there is tiny because oh, okay. of the dam yeah, because they have a dam on it. Got it. And they restrict flow, and they have a lake. So they build a dam. They keep, so what, what used to be all a river is now a lake. I've never actually been to the Capilano Suspension Bridge. The The thing I always remember about that is the lady who dropped or threw her baby off the side. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was, was a few years ago now. Yeah, yeah that, that's quite yeah. a while that ago. That wasn't really a drop. That was more of a throw. That baby lived. It's amazing. Baby, bananas. Babies are made of rubber. That's crazy. <sighs> I've been on the dam. I've never been on the suspension bridge. I don't really have any desire. It looks freaky. The dam is pretty cool. So. I fished up there. Yeah. That's as close as I get. It's not well, my and like, spot. And Stave River is tiny, too. Like, that's all. Well, Stave River is not really tiny. It's short. Well, it's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty large. It's Yeah, it's spread. It's a wide river. But, but you can you can imagine back how, what a kind of river that was. It was a big, big river. And it had a huge population of steelhead and salmon and everything else. Yeah. It was like it's well, State River is like an estuary. It's, yeah, that's, yeah, it is now. It's so yeah. spread out, but I bet like even back in the day, it was probably still just the way that whole mouth of the Stave is. It's so wide. Yeah, except there would have been more, probably more water. Yeah, like and yeah, it would. I can only imagine it went way up there. Yeah, like way up. The river must have gone way the heck up there. Yeah, and it would have been all salmon and steelhead, and so yeah. So we've lost a lot of our good rivers around here to that to dams and. People don't really think of that. People are always like, oh, there's no rivers around here. Well, there's lots. They're just destroyed. <laughs> yeah. But so, the thing is, like, we need power too, right? Like, there's so many people that live down here. It's like that tough balance. Because that's what all of our dams are for is hydroelectricity. Well, uh, well Coquitlam River is a drinking reservoir. Right. So there's that as well. Yeah. I don't know. I sort of think, like, you have this giant lake, Harrison Lake. I mean, you think that could be useful for that But it's not of... very deep, though. Harrison's pretty deep. Not all of it. So I tried to get Darren to come on the podcast today, but he's probably out fishing on the Kalem or somewhere today. So and da Darren who? So Darren Bison, he's a guide up in the Skeena River system. Uh, guides on all sorts of rivers up in there. His company's called North Pacific Spay. North Pacific? North Pacific Spay. It's hard to say. Is it really? Say it three times fast. 
He was just trying to be specific. I, apparently. North, North Pacific. I can't North, say three North things. North Pacific Spay. North Pacific Spay. Is that right? Yeah. There you go. Where? Where? So yeah, that? he's located out of. Uh, I, th- <coughs> I think he's in Terrace. I could be wrong. He might be in Kitimat. I gotta go. Cough. I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So he does. Uh, he does. He, he. I know he starts his trips in June and does. Uh, well, that's not true. I lied. He starts his trips in the spring, uh, probably late March, and through all of April he'll do steelhead. Yeah. And then he's got salmon trips uh, he does in the summer months, and then in the fall they start back moving into steelhead again. Is this the guy that like he'll go like out there on the boat like? Yeah, out, he does in the bush like. Well, I mean, he does. He does a lot of jet boat trips, yeah. but he he does ones where he goes into the Douglas Channel and goes up little hidden rivers and jet boat and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I know he's trying to get some helicopter stuff going on and he's got a, you know, there's a lot of rivers up there that aren't even really been touched yet. Yeah. So, but they're tough access and so they're not cheap to go up there, but I mean, it's an adventure if you oh. want to, if you want to go, if you yeah, check them out. North Lifetime Pacific experience, Bay. right? Like, Yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, for the people that can afford it, it, it's well worth the get, you get way out there. Yeah. Better. So on the guiding front down here, yeah, I got my walking wades going. I got uh, be starting raft trips here in February, and uh, we got sturgeon trips starting in March. Um, actually, March and April is some great sturgeon fishing for people listening. Like it's, I know we always people always think of the fall when they think of sturgeon, but like realistically, there's some fantastic early season sturgeon fishing here because they kind of come out of that winter and they're they're hungry, they're on the bite. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, we had some cheaper discount prices during the spring, so definitely check it out. We have some deals for uh, a little bit cheaper accommodations in the spring as well. If you want to fly out from Alberta or come out from you know somewhere else, Vancouver Island, you know we got accommodations and uh, yeah, do a long weekend sturgeon trip. And I'm also, from what I hear, I I, I now have access to my second bass lake, the real good one. And yeah. So I'm going to be getting out this spring and getting on that lake and. Uh, I know from like the time that uh, Jeff and I went out with you. Yep. I'd never been bass fishing before. No expectations. Wasn't sure. It was so much fun. Like it, like it's nonstop. Yep. Like every other cast we were, somebody was in a fish. Yep. So. No, it's pretty, those are pretty prolific lakes and there's no pressure. There's no one fishing them. So yeah. So the, so the one lake that it took you to is actually a lake in the spring before it gets drawn down. They use the water for farming. So they draw it down. But the second lake in the back is a deeper, bigger lake, and it doesn't get drawn down, and it'll fish all it'll fish all through. So we start our bassing in like March, mid March. You can start getting out there, and then really gets going in April and uh, May and June. Yeah, and that that'll be my key times. Will be April, May, and June will be my key times for the bass, and uh, maybe a bit into July, depending on how warm it gets. But uh, July definitely um, would be some, would the top water will be. That's when it'd be top water craziness. Yeah. And so yeah, so just so cool to watch like your frog hop along the top and then just get smashed. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people around here, you know, because they grow up around here and they're all salmon and trout and whatever. But I think you'd be really surprised how fun bass fishing is. So this place, it's a private lake, right? So it's not like someone could just walk in. And... No, no, you can't fish it. Yeah. So unless you call me, I'll yeah. take you there. <laughs> It's nice too, because there is other bass opportunities in the Lower Mainland, but it's not it's not an easy fishery to learn. It's much different than what we do around here. So you know, maybe you just want to come out with me just to learn how to catch bass. I can give you a, pretty much a the there's a I mean there's many ways to catch bass, but I've you know I, I was taught by some professional bass fishermen, so the techniques I use are pretty much the ones they taught me that are like they consider to be the, the best techniques for catching bass and. Uh, so I got about four techniques I use, and um, another thing is is once you get into that June July fishing where the real top water really takes off, um, then the fly is also really productive. Yeah. So if you want to come out and try some fly fishing for bass, I'll, by all means, bring your fly rod, bring some just a dry line, and uh, I'll supply the flies, and off we go. Yeah. So for fly fishing trips, you expect people to bring their own rod? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I I don't really want to. Like I can, if you book a bass trip with me, I will, I can bring a fly rod and I can give you a little bit of a basic, you know, try this, try that, you know, just to show you how, but I, you kind of want to be able to cast and be, so most people that can cast a fly rod have a fly rod. So you're always, I think you're always better off using your own 
rod. You know, you know the feel of it. Yeah, you're comfortable with yeah, it. Yeah, you're comfortable with it. So that's the best way to go. Yeah, I think that some some companies, you know, advertise sort of beginner fly fishing um, trips, and that's not what we do. <laughs> no, no, I'm that's not. Not I, our cup of tea. And I'm definitely not like all gonna. I'm not like a, all about one technique. I, I use all techniques. I use whatever works best, and for bass you're probably never going to compete with the gear fishing yeah so i mean you, you you still get them on the fly and it's fun and stuff but it's also with, with bass it's not so much the fight like they fight okay but it's not the fight isn't what it's all about you're not having these screaming runs and stuff it's more the explosion of the bite is is the is the most fun like when you see them blast a frog or you know yeah. Like when we were fishing the sankos and you cast a sanko in and you're watching them shoot out of the depth and grab it it's what is a sanko just a worm oh. it's but it's a it's a worm that's weighted such that it doesn't just sink fast it when it hits the water it kind of goes back and forth kind of goes boom. like i can't describe it it's like a pendulum almost yeah kind of back 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 and forth back and forth slowly goes down and drives them nuts you seem like you're getting into that well when rod was uh showing me how to use it i was like well how like how do you know the take and he's like oh trust me just wait and he chucked it in first cast and then you just watch this fish just come flying up from the bottom. That's cool. Hammers it. Okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> there is subtleness to it too with bass. Like a lot of times when they're not crazy on the attack like that, so you'll cast in and then your Senko sinks out of sight and then your line, you keep your line so that it, using braided line, you keep it kind of on the surface of the water. It floats, but it's kind of coiled like a snake. And then all of a sudden you see it straighten. That's all you see is the line go straighten out a bit and you set the hook and there he is yeah and it took me a while to learn that so that kind of stuff i teach people like what to watch for and... all right i gotta tell you i don't have much left in me here yeah so well you're doing a good, great job bagging jake yeah i know but i i keep feeling like i need to cough yeah um what else you got there baby i'm going <laughs> I'm, we'll have to do another let's do another one in like two weeks here and we'll get uh yeah we we'll, have we'll get the, darren on the podcast and we have or somebody um, we have the outdoor show coming up we're starting yes. to get ready yeah. for in march the same yeah show. so the outdoor show this year if you want to come by our booth we're going to have we'll have some uh you know we'll have some new our new products that we're going to be putting on the market we probably won't be selling any like tackle there we'll have a couple of the uh tackle stores will be there selling our stuff and we'll have fish pimps for sale for sure. Yeah. And we will possibly have uh, half a dozen of those new center pins for sale. Nice. And uh, and you usually have like some like very select tackle that's on special. Well, usually it's like something that's new that we're promoting or yeah. yeah we try to, but I think the fi the uh, fishing rods are probably the only That'll thing we're there. gonna. Yeah. But I am gonna talk to um, usually Army and Navy and Fred's both have a booth there. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk to them about. Um, Making sure that they have, you know, the the few things that we're going to be, you know, promoting hard. Make yeah. sure they have a, a batch. Well, that's of them the there. thing with the fish pimp and then your center pin rod. That's that's only available through you guys. That's it is, and that's really mainly because, well, it's you can't get it by mail because I haven't navigated that to figure out that like a fishing rod is long. That's yeah. not that easy to mail out. So yeah. the shipping on that would be expensive. I haven't figured out a maybe we, maybe we'll, way to do that yet. Maybe we'll do a deal or something. Like if you buy a the show special and you buy a fish pimp, you get a small package of uh, pink salmon jigs. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or... No promises a, yet. Yeah, no no promises. promises. We we just yeah. Like, we're just milling it seriously, around. Seriously, we come yeah. up with all this stuff on the fly. Now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's a pink salmon. Year Our this whole year, business so. was built on the fly. Let's be honest. It's a pink salmon this year. So pink salmon year this year. So great time to pick up one of the fish pimps and get out there and hone your skills on the pinks because it's a great way to, to to hone your twitching skills for sure. Yeah. And then once coho roll around, you've already got the you already got the technique. You learn the wrist snap and you're not jerking around like a madman still yeah and you get to get her down but uh yeah so uh oh hey you didn't tell everybody we joined a cult oh yes we've joined a cult that's right yeah yeah at the yellow deli or nope. no 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 it's called the landmark cult <laughs> oh okay yeah have you heard of landmark i oh, i only know about it because when you guys okay. mentioned you're going to it okay a lot of people know about it it and there's mixed 
feelings and reviews about it, but um, our our kids think we've joined a cult. Yeah. So you guys, you went to Ma- a Max, conference? But Max is also going to join the cult in the oh, okay. summer. So yeah. Ma- Max actually thinks it's our religion now. He's like, so that's your religion? The landmark religion. Landmark religion, yeah. So what is it? What's landmark? I know you guys went to like a three-day I've tried conference. to explain this to people. I can't explain what it is. Maybe you can explain better than me. I can't really explain it. I think, you know why you can't explain it is because it's something a little bit different for everybody. It's... It's a series, it's a bunch of theories and ideas and strategies, um, I think, designed to guide people towards an intense level of accountability. Um, And I think there's a lot of people in our society who are incredibly unaccountable for (laughs) themselves, right? Right. They blame people from their past for things that have happened and um, whatever. And it, it just, it focuses on helping you break um, patterns and habits of living and interacting and doing things that are not productive for you. So hmm. something a little bit, it's a little bit of a mind fuck. Like I, <laughs> I definitely feel like they're trying to mind fuck with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, evident well, by the fact that at, at multiple times during the whole weekend, there's people like sobbing, like yeah. weeping, sobbing. But a lot yeah. of that is people digging up their past. Yeah, working and, through issues. And like, so, you know, like, like here's a perfect example. So, you know, like, like families, a lot of times you have in families, you have people that don't talk because of one reason or another, something happened in the past. You haven't talked to your mother. You haven't talked to your father. You haven't talked to your brother or your friends. You haven't, you don't talk to this friend because they did this. And so you think they're a bad person and you don't want to talk to them anymore. And a lot of that is like, so through this, the landmark forum, these people, a lot of them were challenged to you know, phone that person up and just say, hey, you know what? Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, it's good talking to you. I just want to talk to you and say, you know, I'm doing this landmark forum. And so people were doing a lot of that, calling people up and having these, what was it, what they call it, landmark breakthroughs, where they break through and, you know, accept, accept those people for who they are and try to just, you know, may, maybe make amends or maybe just be okay with that person. Like just, even though they have things you don't like, you just, you're okay with it. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I, I know I have that. So you guys enjoyed the, it was a three-day conference? Yes, it was crazy. It was nine, it's nine o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. Wow. Three days in a row. Yeah. Yeah. That's intense. It was, and especially since I lost my voice and was sick the whole yeah. time. It was a little bit, yeah. But um, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I actually, I, like, because when you're digging up, like, if you're going to be real and do it really honestly and really look at your past and the ugly things about yourself, it's not really at a great old time. It's kind of, you're you're a little bit emotionally vulnerable and, like, yeah, looking at yucky sure. stuff, right? So I wouldn't say I had a great time, no. But um, do I, I think it was, I think you can always learn new stuff and become a better person so yeah i feel like yeah. i'm probably a little bit a better person <laughs> i think That's i gained uh, i gained lots from it a lot one of, of the lot- things you know what one of the things i <clears throat> am so sensitive about social media stuff related to our business i take it all so personally and in the fishing world people are super cutthroat and i read that stuff like a even if it's not related to us i find it so upsetting and um, that was one of the. It's so negative. It's and, so negative and so mean, yeah. like and just uncalled for, and um, so I think the landmark has given me some tools to help deal with that a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it too is you see other people de- going through stuff, like people that have had some pretty, pretty, what would you call it? Pretty traumatic. Traumatic incidents happen in their childhood, or some point in their life and they, they get up and they tell their story right and you, you're sitting there watching it and it's <coughs> it's emotional for everybody involved it's emotional to watch and you don't move away from the mic when you cough or anything and it's inspiring to see these people kind of have their breakthrough and you know yeah and, and sometimes it's funny a bit funny some of it too is it, you know not their traumatic stories but just little things that are like funny like some people stood up and were very defiant to the guy running it they didn't want to they wanted to argue basically like the very first, like I'll tell one story. The very first day we. Oh wait, there was a confidentiality thing. So what are you going to share? Well, I'm not going to share anything too much. No, no. Okay. So the first day, the very first day we get there, we go in, we sit, we listen to the guy, and then we have a break. 
so it's a 30 minute break so everybody goes out and runs off to get their starbucks and stuff and and uh we all come back in we're supposed to be back in the exact time well most of us oh come, right most of us come back in late yeah and he just starts going off like you know you're gonna be late you know that's and it says that's a lot. how you're doing your life yeah, it says a lot about your life and he just starts going off and you can see people are getting mortified and like <laughs> then then one guy stands up and he uh and he cha basically challenges him that maybe the break should be longer. <laughs> that was quite entertaining because you got to see that person's personality come out because they yeah. they think the world should change for them, right? Yeah. You know, like, hey, well, if, if I'm late, then it's not long enough. <laughs> no, well, the break is set out. Like, it's but the it. thing like, is, uh, you give that person 45 minutes, they'll show up an hour late. That's <laughs> right. Well, that That's was true. one of the things. It's that, about control. Yeah. And, yeah. That was one of the things is like a lot of people are late for stuff and it's a pretty common thing. And, you know, that being late for stuff, it could go deeper than just, oh, I'm just late. I don't know why I just am. Well, you're not just am. There's a, might be a reason behind why you're late. Maybe you're late to like, you know, who knows, maybe start off things on that, that foot because you that's how you are. Or you want to be a bit defiant or, you know, it could be deep seated stuff going on there. I hmm. think with this kind of thing, you can also overanalyze things to death yeah. to a place where it's like okay this is just stupid stop analyzing <laughs> yeah yeah some of some so of there's the, a healthy balance. some of the wording in there takes a long time to digest too like the you know the things you know the things you don't know and the things that you don't know that you don't know yeah <laughs> and it just there's all these little things the hell? there's a whole bunch Sounds of this type stupid. of wording in there wow but yeah no it was good and tonight we're going for a follow-up thing with it so cool yeah. Yep. How do you guys like, touch base with all of it? Like, how do you get connected with it? Um, I have uh, two girlfriends who have done it. Okay. And they like they, they recommended they did it. it years ago. Yeah. And I'm a hard sell. Like, I've been thinking about doing it for many, many, many years. So yeah. I finally decided. I'm an even harder sell. <laughs> well, Danina signed me up for it, and I kind of was like, "All right, let's do it." I <laughs> I thought it was going to be like one of those raw raw things where you're like set your goals and achieve your like goals. Like a Tony Robbins? Tony yeah. Robbins. Something like that. I thought I had no idea what it was when I got there. It was like, oh, it's a, what? what? <laughs> this is a lot heavier. <laughs> this is like therapy. What's going on? Why is it? Why am I crying? We actually have Rod's mom and um, our oldest daughter, Harmony, signed up to go to. Wow. Yep. So how often do they meet up? It's, it's like a, they call it the forum. It's oh, yeah. three days long. Yeah. That's the with main a, with thing. three That's days main three one. days and an evening. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, they have a very hard sell approach. They really want you to Well they don't they have zero advertising. Yeah. They yeah. only do word of mouth. Yeah. And so, referrals. Yeah, it's it's definitely very hard sell strategy. Huh. Yeah, they they do want you to bring everyone so you know. So that does make some people really uncomfortable. Um, but if you're the kind of person who's okay with just saying no, you know, or whatever, then yeah. it wouldn't, well, wouldn't yeah. bother you. Yeah. But, but I mean, it is very entertaining too. There was some, ent like the, the last day of it, I found to be extremely entertaining. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> and luckily this is all, you know, the, this happened to fall on the cold snap. So the rivers were all and frozen up and Rod wasn't no freaking out about No lost days of fishing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking the Instagram. There wasn't many fish pics going up for people. So I was like, good. And looking good. at the weather too, right? You're like, yeah. happy to be inside. Okay, seriously, I'm, I'm verbally signing out right now. I'm still physically here, but like I, I got nothing left. It's getting worse and worse. Goodbye. <laughs> All oh, right. that's Danina. She's out. So, yeah, okay. Well, uh, <clears throat> till next time, uh, tight lines and bent rods.